I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello, tryhards. We're back. We're back. We are back in the room with you guys, coming in your ears. For those, this is the first time that you're listening to us. We used to have a really regular pod <laughs> for a good few years, but we decided to have a bit of a break after World Cup. I think both of us were a little bit wiped out and knackered. And, uh... Yeah, I think both of us felt like we needed a bit of a hiatus from the pod and, you know, other commitments, be that work, be that life. Um, and sometimes I think you've just got to, you know, do what you need to do. And for us, that was not doing the pod. Absence makes the heart go fond, don't I? That makes it sound like we haven't seen each other, though, because we have. Not very much. We had a lovely roast dinner at your mum's house. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Um, had a nice lunch last week where I got to watch you take your retainers out at the dinner table. Cool, that's painful. How are Getting you? Getting the old toothy sorted, aren't I? Um, yeah, all right. I um, I do feel like a teenager. I'm thrust back on a regular occasion in my mind, teenage years when I had train tracks. Um, but I'm pleased I'm on the journey. I'm very fortunate that you obviously put me in touch with your cousin, Sean at Chepstow Dental Practice because they are fabulous that isn't a sponsored plug of chepstow dental practice <laughs> hashtag not an ad um but the ad is the fact that they are brilliant um and yeah i i think going to the hygienist is tooth hygienist is something i always say hygienist i i, I kind of cringe at the thought of what else people might think i'm going for but um, <laughs> my teeth, yeah i have had a couple of negative experiences where it's like he's taking a chainsaw to my gums um afterwards not that my teeth were ever that bad um but the lady that did them at uh sean's practice fabulous didn't make me feel too guilty as well for not going for a couple of years it's a humbling experience the hygienist and i find it um have you ever seen there's this like restaurant in vegas where you go like it's for men and they get like abused by the waitresses and they get like spanked and stuff and they're paying for that and I feel like the hygienist is a similar, you're paying for someone to be abusive of you and tell you like how bad your oral health is and that you don't floss twice a day. And, stuff like that. <laughs> and I always come out of it thinking, I don't have a filling. Like I don't have a filling in my head. I've got good teeth. And yet you come out of it feeling like you've got wooden teeth or they're like, <laughs> and, and you know, they, they ask you how many, um, how many, how often do you eat sweets? Oh, rarely lie. Um, do you drink fizzy drinks? No, never. Yeah, I do. Like every day I drink Coke Zero every day. <laughs> And it's one of just turned into a flat out teenager yeah. <laughs> just fibbing about everything. <laughs> here lying and being abused. It's not a um it's not a pleasant experience, in my opinion. But I'm glad to hear that the one at Shan's was nice to you. So Yeah, no, they were great. Um got myself the I actually did in preparation get myself an electric toothbrush because I had I've had one, I've had a few over the years. But charging them, it's like Apple Watches, charging them becomes the issue, not the actual use of them. Um, and uh, when you travel a lot, taking an extra charger becomes quite um, quite frustrating. However, there you go. I've got retainers. Um, 
if you see me about, don't make me say too many yeses if I've got them in, because I still tell you, like, take a shit. You should have them in all the time. No, you don't. You don't need them in all the time. And, and mate, I am definitely not going to have them all the time when we're on a podcast, so my voice is important, and then when I'm commentating and my voice is my job. So, yeah, big game at the end. Um, I'm not around for the Six Nations. I will be watching the Six Nations, as this is a Six Nations pod. You can get all of your Six Nations information here. Yeah. However, um, I'm, I'm at... Uh, Tottenham Hotspur's ground on the weekend. Are you? London Stadium? Yeah. Not been there yet. Did you know and that it's a few the people... longest bar in the UK at that stadium? Well, hopefully the toilets aren't at the end of the bar. That would be a bit annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah. And the they've also, <laughs> they've got the bar where the beers, you've got to go and see this, they fill from the bottom of the glass. Hmm. I mean, I'm working, so I don't, I mean, I, I can I'm watch and admire. Um, yeah, I'm there for Saracen's. Harlequins, which should be fun with ITV. But anyway, um, it's been a few months. You're lucky I'm here, mate. I, um, I had a domestic accident on, what day is it today? Tuesday. Actually, it must have been Saturday then. So uh, those who follow me on social media will know that my sister has got a new puppy this year. Um, and I have somehow acquired shared custody of him. So she works a lot of nights and stuff like that because she's a nurse. So I look after him when she's working. And if she's on a night, I stay at her flat. So the other night I've taken Angus out for his little wee wee and we come back in the flat and I draw the curtains in the living room of my sister's flat and the next minute I'm in a crumpled heap on the floor. Something has fallen from the sky and caught me square on the top of my head and it was the probably about not exaggerating 25 centimeter diameter disco ball that was hanging in the window <laughs> of my sister's living room and as I've pulled the curtains I've done it I've like I didn't realize it was there I've thrusted them too much caught it and it's just dropped square on top of my head. <laughs> because I didn't know it was there yeah because I didn't know it was there I then couldn't work out what hit my head so I was like I just been thumped on the top of the head and couldn't find the perpetrator until probably about 10 minutes later when I was sitting on the sofa and obviously something flashed on the TV and caught the light of the disco ball that had like rolled into the corner after nearly killing me. So you're lucky I'm here. It, that, what a way to go. But what a fitting way that would have been for me to go. Yeah. Um, although you would have needed a microphone as well. That, I feel like that's the only way. That's I think if you did, if you were singing, that would have been that would have been the end of you. Your time has come. My dad used to say to me, he'd been in fashion three times because he was like, it is well, he was fourteen. I was born. Yeah, fashion from school has now come back round. Wide leg trousers, short tops, all Saints vibe. Not Combats with drawers at the bottom, um, the huge boots with the big, massive, clumpy things. I went, I went to London when I was, I must have been about fourteen with my friend Gemma, um, kite who, um, I, I think her dad, lived, yeah, shout out to Gemma. Um, I used to love it because she worked in the fish and chip shop on the high street, so I used to go down and be like, oh, absolutely nail the uh free chips cheers jen um and uh, strawberry clippers and um, i um <laughs> they have tiktok cartons in there as well and i've got these like leather black boots with metal all over them i've lived in mine head for god's sake and i took them home I looked like Robocop and chopped its legs <laughs> off and attacked them to me. It was so ridiculous. And I wear them with these big, massive flared jeans. And I saw some people wearing them the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, we are 24 years on and fashion has come back round. The other one that I've noticed is a lot of girls wearing like the big wide leg skater jeans. And I had a pair that were, I actually look back and they were really nice. Spiffy. Yeah. And they had like the denim like handle on the side, which obviously was to like hang things on. I don't know. Like I wasn't a skater. I obviously had rollerblades. <laughs> I rollerbladed on my garden. No, it's just a fashion and item. My... I don't think it was there for purpose. Well, and my mum 
had gone out and I had a friend, like one of my friends who like lived by me, we'd like obviously been out playing and I was in my kitchen and I heard my mum's car come into the driveway and I had my rollerblades on in the house. I'd obviously like gone in to get a drink. So in a rush, I like tried to skate out the back door and the handle on my jeans caught one of the kitchen <laughs> ripped it in half. So like down the middle of the kitchen cupboard. So I basically had tried to escape getting in trouble for being in the house on my rollerblades but got in 10 times more trouble because I ripped a kitchen cabinet door off trying to oh. leave the kitchen in my rollerblades <laughs> yeah I, I don't think the skater part had anything to do with it was just fashion having that handle I think he was a skater boy she said see you later boy he wasn't good enough for her Sony bloody Six Nations weekend again Again, it's weird because I feel like last year's Six Nations feels like a really long time ago. Well, yeah, I mean, we have had a Rugby World Cup, Autumns, Men's Six Nations. A break from Prem 15s, which has been superb this season. Um, I've been enjoying Gloucester Hartbury. Uh, I don't think it's any surprise that they're flying. They're elitist. Because you're absolute elitist. You only like winners. You're goal hanger. I do. I don't have a team, so I just pick whichever one's winning. Souls, souls about me. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying that, and it brings us neatly onto from the Premiership to the Six Nations. It's here, new beginnings and end of an era. Sarah Hunter has announced today that she will be hanging her boots up after her last hurrah at Kingston Park. I know it's pretty mad, isn't it? Um... To be fair, it's it will be pr- very very special for her considering she started that she started a career in Newcastle to then finish there. Um, yeah, it. I mean, the fact that she got back playing and got her body right um, after Rugby World Cup and yeah, to be in the mind space to get back into a shirt. I think every player, you know, after World Cup, when you don't win, you just want to get back playing. Like you just want to kind of move on. Um, so yeah, fair play to her for being in a position to even be selected. I would have been like, not. <laughs> That's the thing. I, obviously, she's had her eyes on this fixture because it's being played at Kingston Park. But how you pick yourself up from that World Cup, I would have been nailing a McDonald's a day had I been in her situation. Um, I mean, I'd do it anyway. But she, <laughs> yeah, like you say, to get yourself test match fit for one game. No thanks. Yeah, no. I think from from her perspective, she's you know the most capped England player of all time. She's achieved a huge amount, and to be able to have that send off is really really special. I mean, not many players would ever get that opportunity. I've seen it unfortunately where players haven't had the send off. They've been you know taken out of the squad. Um, they've announced that they're retiring, and then they because we weren't going to win a Grand Slam, they were dropped, and it was just heartbreak. And and you never want anyone to finish their career. In a, in a place where they don't feel like they can run out and enjoy it and embrace it and get celebrated by their family and for themselves. So, you know, I think when you when you make it apparent that you're going to retire, there's always that risk that, that that kind of the changing of the guard. So the fact that she gets that opportunity is, is really special for her and her family. And I think probably, you know, her parents who have literally travelled the world to be at every game, um, it'll be the shortest commute for them ever. Um, and uh, yeah, I, like I, think I hope, I hope it's a good game for her. And and also, I mean, it's a sellout. Like it'll be absolutely bouncing. The only thing is, it's a four G pitch, isn't it? Up there, hard on the old joints. But hey, I just go for it, and then yeah, no, you don't. It's the last game. It's, um... <laughs> It is just reward for a career, you know, that has been phenomenal. She's been a great servant to the shit. For me, I do think, and and you know, not to be a party pooper or or pee on anyone's parade, there is a little question mark over whether it's appropriate that a championship opener, a curtain raiser for a, a tournament of this magnitude, especially with more eyeballs on this competition than ever before, this game is being to some extent treated like a testimonial and. I've got no issues with with Sarah doing this. And, and you know, I think any of us given that opportunity would do the same thing. It just amazes me that a coach is allowing it when she's now not going to take part in any further games this tournament. She's going to play that game and then she's done. Um, if it was the last game, 
it would be different. But for me, I don't know. There's just something that in the back of my mind niggles that isn't quite right about the way that this game's being treated. Um, I also really like the context, though, of Rachel Malcolm said some amazing things about her this week. Obviously, they're Loughborough Lightning teammates and, and you know, Rachel's obviously got huge amounts of respect and, and adoration for for Hunter, but she will be going out to spoil that party. Somebody that she obviously admires immensely. Um, but she, as Scotland captain, will be going, you know, it's not far for them to travel. There'll be plenty of Scotland fans who will make that short trip over the border, uh, from the borders, probably loads of people from, you know, Gala Shields and Hoyk and places like that, who will be going down hoping that Scotland can win a match for the first time in nearly a calendar year. It's an interesting one, isn't it, with Scotland? Because last year was really tough on lots of levels, you know, off the field, probably more so than, I, I think both, actually, you know, given how close they got to the wins and um, and then what happened in World Cup, um, the heartbreak of, you know, losing to Wales and coming like them coming from behind to win and all that type of jazz. Um, I'm re- They're a team, actually, I'm really fascinated to see how they get on. Um Obviously, the, um, the girls have gone across to the sevens, uh, Lisa and Rona, um, and Sarah Bonner being injured is massive, considering she's now become basically like an NBA star in the in Prem 15s, <laughs> the way she's playing. Oh, Some she... of the highlights from the Quinns games, like Chip and Chase offloading out the back door. I'm literally like, what's happened? She's She's become like... What's the, what's the what's the basketball where they Adam do all of the fun? Yeah, she's like a globetrotter, isn't she? she um, if but to be fair, Sarah doesn't need it's our plaudits on this podcast because a few days after she got injured, I, I gave her a buzz. You know, how are you? And the first thing she had to tell me was that because um, she got injured but thought it was a stinger, so she stayed on. And then told me how, uh, you know, the next play, the ball had come to her. And if if she'd been able to get hold of it properly, if it wasn't for the shoulder, she would have been in for an 80 metre try. And it would have been one of the greatest tries I've scored in women's rugby. And I'm thinking, get the tape. Let's let's check the tape because I guarantee she'd be 10 metres out and actually fumbled it regardless of whether she had a bad shoulder or not. So uh, she does make me laugh. And if there's one positive to, to come from a, an injury and, and missing a player like that in this tournament, maybe she'll get a bit of media work in the first few rounds because she is one of the funniest players. She's one of the funniest people. Um, so hopefully we get to hear her voice on on a bit of co-coms or in studio or something. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her involved. I genuinely, I'm intrigued with Scotland. Um, they've got their contracts now um, and... Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested um or in the centre for me was like she really kicked burst onto the scene last six nations, didn't necessarily have the best World Cup, but I think some like players like her, um, you know, Chloe Rollies in has, you know, always had a big impact in the backs. But yeah, I think up front they've always had that like grunt and determination and their set piece has gone from like strength to strength, but it I think it's how their backs perform. Um, Helen Nelson's had loads of game time at 10 for, for Loughborough Lightning with um, with Helena and Scars injured. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they get on. I think there'll be a, a massive Scottish contingent in the in the crowd, like you say. Um, and although there'll be a huge amount of respect, there won't be much love lost when they get on the field and, and start battering each other with Sarah Hunter. <laughs> There's a number of new caps included in Scotland's squad, which will be um, really interesting and, and good to see them building. Um, obviously, there's a couple of new faces in England's squad, but I think one of the headlines, of course, is that uh, despite her omission from the World Cup squad, Natasha Hunt Mo is back with England, back in a Red Roses jersey, we assume, this weekend. Um, were you surprised? I thought you were actually going to say, I thought you were going to say May Campbell. Um, the, the Saracens because she's a heartbeat player. I thought that was one of the biggest. Oh God! <laughs> here we go. Here we you know go. What? I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to get Claxon for the heartbreak mentions on the podcast. This Six Nations. I really hope that May gets her opportunity. She has been um, consistently performing for Saracens for a good few seasons. She's a proper ruck muck hooker like she really gets it and she's like she's absolutely brilliant she's so posh she's got brilliant sense of humor um and 
yeah, she she arrived at, at Hartbury, was determined to come into the to the ACE programme. And I said, well, you've got to show to me because I've watched you play when you didn't realise that I was there and you walked for most of it. And it's that's about attitude for me. And um, the first, I think I've told this story before, but the, one of the first fitness sessions we did, Malcolm's, which you start on the halfway line on your tummy, you get, go to the 10 metre line, back to the far 10 metre line and then go back down again. And um, we did some certain reps and I got to the point where the girls were getting tired. I said, if not everyone's on their tummy, we're going to go back to zero. And because it was pre-season, so it was a mind game thing. And um, May just stood there and was like kind of like wobbling around. Like I, like you could see she'd lost it. And, and Abby Parsons, one of the front rowers, brilliant girl, she grabbed May and was like, she was like, get on the floor and like basically pulled her down to the floor and like may like and, I was like, and then got up and fair play to her um she absolutely worked her socks off and completely deserved coming into the program and then as i say now is is really performing so yeah she said that um and i messed her and she said that it's pretty fast and furious and and you know it's, it's it is a huge step up and i was like yeah but you're not going you're going to like the world number one team world yeah. number two team do you know what i mean you're going to yeah. squad it's you know not disrespecting any other international squad but it, it's interesting to see that people realize they watch the england good players and they watch international rugby men's or or women's or representative and they're like oh yeah so and so can make that step up if they're playing well in premiership and this is i'd say this is the same for men's and it is huge the difference and 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 some players really cope with that other players they think they've got to be different they think they've got it all it is is everything's fast forward everything everybody's stronger everybody's fitter and you're also trying to learn everything and you feel like it's so different. I've got to be different. And it's trying to remember that actually taking who you are as a club player into that international jersey is what the what the coaches want. But it is that that it isn't as easy as as that. Um, but yeah, she's just one of the one of the girls that's got the got the call up. Mo um, going back into the squad is an interesting one for me. I think um, you know probably what easily the one of the standout players in the Premiership over the last few months. Um, has like got a ridiculous amount of try assists, um, has really brought Gloucester to life. Obviously, it's a lot easier as a nine to do that when you've got a brilliant pack, but that's not to take away from how she's playing um, and, and what she's doing. I think the psychology around it and the relationship she has with Scott and Mid is an interesting one for me. And hopefully that as a player, you know, she's old enough to be able to be, I'm sure she's, you know, mature enough and old, you know, to to work through that. Um, and feel like she can go again and and still enjoy herself and be herself and and and, and thrive and, and play well in an England jersey. How strange is this Six Nations going to be for England players, considering that we are now in a new World Cup cycle, a shortened one, because there will only be three Six Nations before we get to the World Cup in England in 2025. And obviously Middleton stayed on, but we know he's going at the end of it in terms of players that, you know, players he's called up, the fact that, you know, they've been called into a squad with a coach who actually has no forward planning beyond this because it won't be his role. How How's that all managed by by England, by the IRFU, by by him? Um, I don't know. I think, to be honest, <clears throat> injuries have played his hand in terms of bringing in new people and seeing different people anyway, with Zoe Harrison being out with her ACL, which is, you know, devastating. Um, for her, it's a horrendous injury. Um, but, you know, and Helena Rowland's injured, it means that we are going to see someone different in that 10 shirt. Um, and Emily Scarrett possibly could have been the 10 cover for, for England. Um, I think Holly Aitchison going into that role or Amber Reid is going to really ch- change the dynamic of England. So I think actually the injuries will will have helped that. Um it, it's a difficult one because there's always a transition year after a World Cup. You get people that retire straight after the World Cup. You get players like myself that did one more season and then it was, do I want to carry on for the next big block? I was playing good rugby, so I was like, actually, you know what, for me, I'm ha- like, I'm good now. Like, I, I'm good to, to finish. Um, I think the fact that it is a shortened cycle is an interesting one. Um, but that said with the new calendar coming in for with the WXV and um, there being more opportunity, you know, the girls are going to be touring New Zealand um, 
the new coach is going to be coming in and, and going straight into the fire, you know. Um, I think there'll be plenty of time for, for a new England coach to come in. And I suppose as players, you want to go out and just play really, really well. There's a lot of players that, and, and where they need to be mindful is, you know, not writing wrongs of the World Cup, just being fresh and free and saying, right, absolute privilege to play for your country and just go and enjoy it. And I really hope that they do that. And at the same time, I doubt there'll be new ways of playing um, because it's the same coaching unit. But with the new players involved, it will add a different dynamic, which is good. Is there any, um, from a opposition perspective, we've, we've talked a lot about England here, so we'll wrap this up now. But with regard to England and the fact that we know that Sarah Hunt is retiring after this first game, uh, Emily Scarrett's injured, not there. You know, Abby Ward, congratulations to Dave and Abby Ward, who've announced they're expecting. Very exciting for them. But some really influential leaders will be missing for England for the rest of this tournament. What impact is that going to have on them, do you think? Um, I think England have been working really hard on building out their leadership and other players. Um, I suppose it's just really important that they they step up and and they're going to be the voices in the team. You know, they, those Abby probably in the, in the pack is, is very vocal leader. Like they all have different styles. Um, Emily isn't a massively vocal leader. She, you know, she cracks on with her role on the field. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, Zoe, Allcroft step up and, and call in line outs. I think that, you know, she's well player of the year. So they haven't got like, and that's the thing with England. They've got like amazing players coming through. It's just, I hope that they feel absolutely empowered to, to, and to take on that new role. Um, but, you know, Marley did get to vice captain and has captained over this world cup. Um, so, you know, they have got plenty of old heads in there that'll be getting stuck into them and just, you know, it's an opportunity that I just want the girls to step up and enjoy because they've got the absolute talent and this is just a new role for them. Uh, before we depart from the England chat, I just want to um, give a little shout out to Scrum Queens for Lydia Thompson piece. If you haven't been on and read that, it's a really good read. And I've been reliably informed that it's the most read piece ever on the Scrum Queens website. So that is, is weird. It? Yeah, yeah. Ali Donnelly told me that this morning. So that is worth checking out. Um, so England coaching hasn't changed, but a team that have got new coaches technically, uh, David Ortiz and uh, your mate, Gail Mignon, are now officially in charge of the Scotland side. Scotland? Sorry, France. France have got a new coaching panel. Yeah, we were talking before we came on here about um, the kind of context of David Seven's background and the relationship he has with the girls and stuff. I think it's a really interesting one because of the way that the Sevens and the Fifteens programs are going to be balanced now by France. Because having spoken to um, people within the players within the French Sevens camp, the choice is having to be made between Sevens and Fifteens because they're obviously hosting an Olympics next year, and a lot of these French players, their priority is to be Olympians at home in Paris next summer. So they could be without some big names over the course of this championship. Yeah, I think I suppose the difference for France is they have automatically qualified those. So it's just how much um, they want to maintain and build experience of that squad. I think they can drip feed players in without it being too much of a worry like other other nations like Ireland um, that are really gunning for that qualification. Um, I suppose... For me, I've always thought David was one of the, he's always been one of my favourite coaches. He always, um, you know, quietly goes about his business, clearly has a fantastic relationship with its players over the last couple of years. They've been probably one of the most successful French sides consistently in terms of their performances. Um, and they've really stepped up. And um, it's only from the outside, you don't know, but I think both him and Gail, Gail Mignon is absolutely fantastic. She's just She's she's so funny, loves the beers. Um, so, yeah, I think that new dynamic is exactly what the French need after like some real heartbreak at the World Cup. You know, twice heartbreak yeah. really. It could have beaten New Zealand. Obviously, the first game was the England game, which you know Sansu. could have gone either way. That game lost Sansu in that game. Um, Manager. Manager. Um, oh god, that was awful. Um, and then. Yeah, semi-final. Should have beaten New Zealand. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Interesting with Joanne, the 10, um, I was really intrigued to see her coming back and like how she would handle that because it was savage like the the end of that for them um obviously going on to beat Canada comfortably was always a nice way to finish the World Cup but yeah her being out and you know what it's interesting you say about coming back from that because she played in Vancouver she played for France obviously she's French and I was (laughs) sat in the stands with somebody a former um, player, and they turned around to me and went, she'll never get over missing that kick. And it must be really hard in rugby sense to walk into rooms and know that people are looking at you thinking that. I'm not thinking it, we know it. Like, I think we, you know. Everyone's looking, she probably thinks, they're looking at me thinking, oh, God, she missed that kick. That's forever. Yeah, I mean, I I missed a couple of tackles in random internationals and that haunts me. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't lose them, so... (laughs) I mean, I'm a little bit tapped when it comes to that type of thing. There's a couple of tackles that I really, just really frustrate me. Anyway, I think the interesting one for the French, which is a fascinating, fascinating dynamic. We talked about um, Mo getting brought back into the England squad, but Fulani, who was dropped as a senior second rower back row for France, um, now comes in as captain, Um which is just fascinating. Um, and saw her at the, um, at the Six Nations, TikTok Women's Six Nations launch. Um, and uh, yeah, she was, she looked good actually. She looked in good shape. All of the captains did. They looked amazing actually. I was like, yeah, I mean, the whole launch was, we haven't talked about it. The whole launch was awesome. Ball pit, loved it. Ovs, um, hanging out with Shuan was brilliant fun. Um, Yes, so I think that that's really interesting. Um, I think the fact you get new coaches in straight away, coaches that understand the French dynamic, that absolutely have got the understanding of all of the players. Um, I suppose the only thing is that both of them have been around for such a long time that players may feel that it isn't fresh people in, but at the same time, there is an understanding and knowledge of the French because, you know, Gail, captains, France um, has done a lot of coaching since has been involved in and around the game was I think assistant coach over the last season um yeah so it's an interesting one but I do think that both of them are great so be interesting to see how they perform um Fulani getting that um captaincy because she wasn't involved in the world cup psychologically do you think that helps them because it's you know almost consigns that to history and does make things feel different and how much influence can a captain have on that psychology of a side it's interesting because you also look at it the other side and you go well she doesn't know she wasn't there like it's all right for her do you know what I mean like it's I don't know it's fascinating Uh, what's worse England losing in the final France potentially could have won and got to their very first final like I don't know I've done I've lost in finals I've not played in a final um it's rubbish. <laughs> I can't. Exp- I can't say it any other way. 
Um, and the good thing for all of these players is they don't have to wait as long. They don't have to wait four years this time. Hopefully there's no next pandemic and we don't play again. <laughs> don't even make that joke. Don't even make that joke. Um, obviously, the, the biggest game of this year's championship, as always, will be England-France. A bit of extra spice because it is being played at the big house. I think there's 50,000 tickets sold already. They're still selling tickets. There are still tickets available. Um, that is going to be huge. And it is going to be the record for the biggest attendance at a, a women's game just five months after a record attendance was set at the World Cup. And if that doesn't point to the upward trajectory of women's rugby at the moment, I don't know what does. Um, the other thing that points to the upward trajectory that we keep talking about is contracts. And Italy are a side who are now contracted. They've got how many? 25, 20? 22, I think announced uh, it's an interesting one though because there are certain players obviously when contracts get announced like they are quite small sums of money I mean I don't know what all of the unions were on but I reckon it'd probably be around the 20 to 25,000 euro mark like I like, and genuinely that's not a quote for the press that's just my rough estimate given I know how much with budgets and things and like the standard that's set across women's sport um, and, but but for some people, they won't be able to take that pay cut or they won't be able to take the contract because of their um, their current career status. So although it does provide that opportunity for a significant number, there's always players that don't have them, not necessarily because they have, weren't offered one, but because of their time in their life or their career or whatever. Um, I actually, it's interesting when I first, I think I spoke about it plenty of times when I first got my contract was a professional I, I really struggled I was quite bored I, I, I didn't find it I found it difficult to be around the squad full-time I found it difficult to um not have something else when you do two full-time jobs and I suppose the only thing that I can relate to is or I can relate it to is for those that are parents have children full-time and work full-time and trying to balance all of that um and then all of a sudden you you don't have to do one of them and it's like oh like you know, it's, it's a bit bizarre so yeah I think that with Italy is they also and I think the biggest thing is they have a new coach. Um, Andrea De Gian Domenico has stepped down. Um, and I think he's stepped across into coaching under Italian under 20s men's. I think he's he's still within their FIR. Um, he's been around for years for them and how they've built over the last few years and at the World Cup, I think they were under the only sides at the World Cup that scored off first phase plays. He's actually a 10. People don't know that, but he was a 10. And so, yeah, the new the new coach coming in, I I mean, as fluent as I am in uh, in Italian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Giovanni is um the new coach. Can't say his surname. Ranieri. Ranieri. Well, we'll get that one for the next one. Um yeah, but so they've got a new coach. And then on top of that, three really, really big players for them retired with um Furland, Baratan and um Batoni, the prop. Um you think you've got like a prop nine and fifteen. It's interesting. It's interesting, but although saying that, um, Andrea had started to blood in the new one. So uh, Baratan was coming off the bench, you know, that and like Furlan had done her ACL, so she didn't really play that much in the World Cup. So there are that like there have been players like being integrated in. And interestingly, a lot of people didn't didn't know because it wasn't spoken about massively, but there was hardly any rotation in the Italian squad in the World Cup. Um yeah which meant that they, because of the weak turnaround, they had that time to to reboot. They were playing well. Um, but there were a lot of young players in the squad that didn't play at all. However, they were taken so that they could get the experience. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see how they get on and the selections over the next couple of first rounds, actually, for Italy, because, um, yeah, new coach, senior players gone, and, and hopefully inspired by the men, you know. There's a real buzz around rugby at the moment. How much confidence will they take from their performances at the World Cup as well? Because obviously, you know, we talked a lot before the World Cup, the context of there being three pools, but an additional quarterfinal stage meant that they got, you know, further technically than they had previously and were real fan favourites there. You know, Rigoni with a um, gummy worm in his sock being pulled out on the 70 minute mark, which is still is one of the highlights of the World Cup for me. Uh, and I would like to see if people are going to go fancy dressed to games. I would like to see people dressed as gummy worms in the stands. But how much will they now see that they've kind of turned a corner and that that they're ready to reach another level in the global game? Yeah, I I think for them, over the last couple of years, they've had some really big wins, you know, having beaten France, um, coming, getting that second spot. um, They've had the taste of victory 
and they've got the performances to to back it up you know in terms of con- but it's consistency and like I say it's like they are genuinely one of the harder teams to play in the Six Nations the score lines just don't ever quite reflect it when it comes to England because they just burn through them in the last 20th I think it must have been not last year the year before I think England uh, Italy England um and it was super close at half time and there was only a, a random intercept or ball got dropped and Skaz scurried along or Meg Jones, or, there was an offload. I think Fleto scored it at the end. Um, and there was like some, a couple of scores against the grain of the game. And then England ran in like 23 tries in the last 10 minutes um, and the scoreline didn't reflect it. So yeah, I, I am intrigued to see how they, they turn up. Um, and I say to score a first phase is impressive. Um, and they definitely play a really exciting brand it's a set piece though because it's with the men's this year they've had a platform to play off if you've got a platform to play off you can do all those fancy things and you can play and you can shift the ball and you can you know be have an exciting expansive game if you don't have a platform which a lot of the teams struggle when they come up against the French and the English they never get going and I think that that's what we saw a different side to them in the in the World Cup moving on to the next team which would be Ireland probably is there are I looked at their team and looked at their forwards and backs and I hardly recognised any of the backs. Like, if any, like, you know, there was only a couple of names I thought, oh, yeah, I know that player. Because the vast majority of them will be seven. So how they get on in a rebuild year, considering they didn't qualify for the World Cup, they then played probably more internationals than they've ever played mm-hmm. last season, even though they didn't go to a World Cup, which is odd. What um, I think is interesting as well, yeah. though, with Ireland is that... You know, you've talked about the the Premiership and the conditioning stuff like that. They're, they're they've become quite insular in their approach to this VIRFU. They are prioritising improving their league in Ireland, which is questionable if, if that is the right option for them. Because by by casting yourselves out and keeping yourself separate, and and you know, it's admirable that they want to improve that. But the level at which Allianz Premiership now is Prem 15s now is keeping your players from playing in that league doesn't necessarily seem like the most sensible option. And that's where we're going to see that come to fruition and whether the IRFU making this decision is going to be the right one or the wrong one in the long term. And, and you know, we said before we started recording this, the big thing with this year's Six Nations is we don't really know what we're going to get from a lot of these teams. And Ireland are probably the definition of that at this year's Six Nations because unless you're watching the the league in Ireland, unless you're watching Railway and, and those teams, we, we don't know a huge amount about them. I'm, plenty of the forwards are over in England, though. Look, Nicola Friday, captain, she looked awesome um, at the uh, at the launch. It's down in Exeter. Um, she's been playing really well down in Exeter. Um, interestingly, they're, st- they haven't, they're still not using um, Cleaner Maloney, which is just bizarre for me she's a wonderful player um yeah and there are players going over say emma swords who's a scrum half at quinn's she's been picked up and is in their squad um clara nielsen the hooker from from exeter so there are players that they're looking at expanding premier 15s is brilliant right it's absolutely brilliant but only 23 players can play every week yeah. um for each of the squads and if you are a red rose the the rulings are within the league is that you get picked in your certain position and you play a certain amount of minutes. Like that is because it's an RFU league and that's what it's stipulated. So although it's brilliant that players are playing in Premier 15s and on an individual basis, they are absolutely developing and progressing. There comes a point where a union has to make a choice to develop their own league. Now, what's difficult, and I think when you go all in like Ireland have and they say, boy, you've all got to come back. If there's the structures aren't there, those players, it's at the detriment of those players. So like a hybrid option, I think is what needs to happen. And and so you're bringing players back because flights are cheap enough now. And, and you can, and especially if they're professional, you whiz them in and out yeah. and you say, right, we're going to involve you in this. Cause it's not just about matches. It's also about having those players around in training in and around, um, club environments to help with the kind of coaching and the nurturing, the mentoring of like, just by being there, not having that role or doing anything specific. Um, So yeah, I think strategically all the unions need to look at, you can't just lean on the Premier 15s for everything. Like there needs to be a movement forward and there needs to be a shift in developing their own leagues 
like and there has been that um from a development perspective of emerging teams playing yeah. each other yeah which i think is great so it's like those types of games so your players that are within your in your local leagues are getting exposure to higher level matches um but it shouldn't be at the but then i sit on the other side it shouldn't be at the detriment of some of your top top players um however from 15s clubs are in there right to say well we're going to be paying you we're going to be doing this we're providing all of that we've only got x amount of players in our squad why should we be giving you all of this and then supporting you to go home and and support you when we're in english league so it's an interesting dynamic um and hopefully wxv is going to give like the the nation's something else to be aiming for the six nations has that third spot in the six nations is huge you know to get into that top tier group um that said it's more time away for the girls that aren't professional so there's gonna and and as much as we can we can say fantastic to the 22 25 30 40 for england players you don't tour with 22 players you tour with what about that group that sits underneath and are having to work and having to take time off to go on these trips um that's hard it's complicated i don't know whether there was ever a question that you asked i just (laughs) um you mentioned at the beginning of this chat about ireland about their missing sevens players hong kong clashes with round three round two i want to say um round two thank you thank you for putting your fingers up like that for me um and Emily Murphy Crow, Eve Higgins, Stacey Flood, all of these names that Lucy Mulholt, you would have expected to be involved with Ireland, aren't because of that. Um, that's going to be difficult for them. But obviously, they are trying to qualify for an Olympics and they are pulling up trees and getting very close to it. They're, it's a bit of a shootout between themselves and Fijiana at the moment in the World Series table. So they won't be involved for the first two rounds at least. You know what? It's huge, actually, for Great Britain, how Ireland do, because the European the European qualification and the reason why Ireland didn't go to the Olympic last Olympics was because GB won the Europeans out of nowhere, really on form. They absolutely smashed it, beating France and Russia. Um, and then so you've got France that automatically qualify, which helps the European nations. You've then got a World Series spot. You've then got a European spot and you've got a World Repechage. Depending on what happens with Russia, you end up potentially with, if they don't qualify out of the series, you've got Ireland, GB, Spain, maybe Russia, if they are involved under a different name or whatever. I don't think they would be, but I don't, I don't know all the politics behind that. And so another again, another team's going to miss out. Whereas if they qualify through um, World Series standing, World Series, and that's why what ended up happening, God, for 2016, we qualified through the series because it was top six, I think, and we were fifth. Um, France qualified from Europe, and then Spain. It was a shootout, the World Repechage between Spain and Russia. So yeah. I think it, what's difficult about Europe and rugby is that we have such a stronghold of a big yeah. group of teams that there are teams that really do deserve to be there in terms of where they are in the world rankings and how good they are. We're having this conversation but there's no if, if New Zealand, Australia and Fiji are three of the top four, you've then still got an Oceania qualifier that means that a team, and I mean this with all due respect to them, but a team like Papua New Guinea are qualifying for an Olympics and you could have one European, you know, two European teams, France and then the European qualifier, and you're then leaving two, three, you know, top 10 teams out of the Olympics. But then that's what the Olympics is about, isn't it, in terms of the global game? Um, Papua New Guinea, what was the name? I think it was, was it Rama or something? One of the best tries I've seen on the series. She burned Michaela Blyde, who's one of the fastest women, and with a gum shield hanging out her mouth and then did a forward roll to score. And we were got Ricky and I were commentating. It was absolutely brilliant. That's <laughs> PNG. Um, okay, I think we've covered off Island Bear and how we really don't know what's going to happen with them um, at this year's Six Nations. So last but certainly not least, uh, Wales. And I think this Six Nations, I don't want to say I think it's going to be a struggle for them, but it's certainly going to be interesting because the amount of players that have been prominent names that they won't have at the disposal. Shuan Lily Crap has obviously handed in the armband. She's retired from international rugby. Big clap for our Oh, friends. I said, oh, you're an old... Oh. I, said, I was calling her old girl. I said, like, you're an old girl now. Oh, I'm an old girl, Norley. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I am. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. She's so much fun. She is so much fun. I'm actually meant to be seeing her today. So, um, so hopefully we can make that work. I will say hi for you. Um, no, Shuan, Kaylee Powell and Jazz, both sevens involved, but Kaylee Powell's now injured anyway. Jazz Joyce isn't going to be involved because of sevens. Alicia Butcher still isn't back from hers. I don't think Cara Hope's involved because, again, we've talked about this choice of contracts, professionalism, and, you know, your, your longer term future. She's obviously studying medicine. There's a lot of, of names that are prominent that are missing and a lot of players who've been included in this squad who um, haven't had rugby at this level before. So it's going to be interesting to see what Wales look like. And, and I think that opening game against Ireland in Cardiff, last year's opener between those two teams was one of the best games you know, I've, I've watched Wales play for a long time. It was so much fun. And, you know, Wales winning at the death, which became a bit of a standard of theirs in 2022. Um, I think this one could be quite different. But again, it's two teams that I'm not sure what either of them are going to look like going into this tournament. And that makes that game quite exciting, I think. Yeah, no, I, do. I agree. Um, I suppose from, from my perspective with Wales, I think what got the best out of them over the last season or last year in particular was the was the competition in places so um with Kelsey and Karis at Hooker you know they were both pushing each other for the starting shirt and so it was getting the best out of both of them you had Sean Ed and Shuan you know both pushing to to be in the eight shirt or going and then it got to the point where you know Shuan went into um second row you had the back three kind of battle which was a really interesting dynamic um Kaylee Powell you know I think She's a wonderful player. Um, and then you've got someone like Neve Terry, who's like younger, coming through, quite similar player in terms of a um, sidestep and movement. Like, so I, I feel like there were lots of internal battles, which I think was getting the best out of everybody. They were managed quite well. I think Johan kind of seems to seem to have, it was a positive from the outside. It might not have necessarily been for some players internally, um, but I think that that is always good. And what actually helped, that's what happens within England, because there's always so much um you know competition i think wales will benefit from um a lot of them playing for gloucester hartbury and playing well for gloucester hartbury as units um i the one player i'm really intrigued to see whether she she gets a shot and i think she definitely should is um Clayton george i think she's been outstanding at times in the premiership her kicking game um has been wonderful but she has got a platform her pack have been going forward and a nine that's put in on a plate for her so you know she has been doing well but you've got to look at the other attributes around it and that's not to take away from her I'm saying I think she should get shot but it's don't necessarily expect exactly the same in a Welsh shirt do you know what I mean but yeah um great mysteries of the world cup that she was in that squad and went and got a couple of minutes at the end of a quarterfinal for me I still it's still really um, I don't Especially get when it. games needed to change, when 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 there needed to be a different dynamic. Um, yeah, I, look, I think I I'm in agreement. I don't really know how they're going to perform. I think this is a really good opportunity for them to build a bit of depth, um, and I hope he does that. Um, it might be at, with um, with potentially losing games because you're bringing players on and giving them game time. But if he tries to win games and hammers players with all of the minutes, it it will affect them in the next World Cup. Like this is a chance for him to just really, you know, just like go with it, um, which is a difficult one because then it will be in the media portrayed as, oh, Wales aren't in good place, they're rubbish, they're losing. And I think that it's, I, I think where the media sit with this Six Nations is going to be fascinating because of all the unknowns and I and where p- people in the media that understand and know the women's game and the the narratives behind it and what's going on you'll be able to pick out who has got a bigger understanding and and, and when the the, the storylines aren't about winning or losing that said I'm going to love it if I start seeing people teams getting hammered for winning or losing because that's really where we want the media to be going and, and it means that there is a, a wider group of media interested and it's not just the same old same old faces and, and people involved so yeah I'm uh, I'm intrigued I'm excited and actually seeing the girls genuinely seeing the girls is brilliant to see Alex Matthews at the launch for England um, super quiet player normally but really pushing herself outside her comfort zone um and uh, doing those types of things are brilliant. You know what I reckon? They look great. That ice bath in a garden. 
because that's some of her best content on social media actually to be fair for any content um, one thing i am doing this year for the first time hopefully if i get time around playing with um ava my two-year-old niece uh in rome because they're coming this this week i'm gonna do a fantasy league are you okay yeah, i'm gonna do it okay. i'm putting it out there right, um, um and they've got a new game i don't know the title of it i think it's like fantasy four or something um i talked about it on the launch and you've got to pick top defender top kicker top ball carrier not attacker and okay. superstar so you just got to pick four um and uh yeah so i i quite which actually for people that are new to the game i think is a really actually genuinely really cool um I think we were we were doing that around filming um with uh murray from six nations and the team when we were doing a food um food tasting honestly it was so funny i don't know what content they're going to pull i'm going to look like a laughing horse mum always told me not to talk with my mouth but i definitely was and it was but it was hilarious it was absolutely hilarious um so yeah some of the content i'm looking forward to coming out but the the fab four i'm going to call it. i'm going to rename it fab four um that's cool really appreciate that. for, those people, for those people that don't do like fancy league for like women or whatever um i think um, I did it in the men's premiership to learn about the wider group and I think yeah. it's really important and a good way to to start learning about all of the other players outside of the main names in the in the tournament um, is to to do it because you you're actually looking at all sorts of different players um, and how you get points and stuff yeah. little tip um, front five go with ball carriers go with the ones that get lots of meters well, I think it's yeah. quite good. And, you know, I have to, you know, um, credit where it's due for, to Six Nations with this. So, obviously, the fantasy game and this Fab Four, as Nolly's renamed it, um, <laughs> our official Six Nations games. You can find them on the website. Um, their website for the Six Nations is superb. So they've done an in-focus article about each of the nations and they're really good background reading. So, if you're going to play fantasy, have a look at those. I know that Scrum Queen's preview will come out later today. Um the other thing I'm loving from Six Nations is they've done um, like a graphic of the fixtures for the whole championship and they've done it in an aspect ratio. So you can download it and make it your phone screensaver, which is brilliant because as soon as you look at your phone, you know exactly what game is when. So, t- so you're telling me absolute North Central, you have got the Women's Six Nations games on your phone. Don't need to, mate. It's all up here. It's all up here. Um, the dogs remain my screensaver on my phone and, and they will do. But I think it's handy for anyone who does want the reminder. Um, so obviously get across their content unless you've got a um, BBC corporate device, in which case you can't download TikTok. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> did you like my TikTok, by the way? Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. There is many, many things that you can do on TikTok. I am very surprised at all of the different um, you are animations. So- you're so technological nowadays, aren't you? Um, I feel like we should put this pod to bed because you've run out of battery. There's a couple of things I want to uh, give a shout out to before we go. Um, she's talked about Heartbreak, but she hasn't talked about her alma mater. Big shout out to the Cardiff Met girls who are through to the semi-final of um, the Bucks. I still call it Busa, but the Bucks Cup. Um I went down to watch their quarterfinal and Lisa Newton, who is basically coaching with a six month old strapped to her, um, has promised me a spot on the coach to Hartbury for the semi. So buzzing for that. Um, And also just want to send my love because we've talked TikTok um, to friend of ours, Alona Ma, who broke her ankle in training last week and will sit out the rest of. uh, Oh, it's broke. Yeah, broke her ankle in training. She has been phenomenal so far this season for USA sevens, a massive loss to them. And, um, but just want to send her lots of love and chin up low because you've got loads of fans, loads of people behind you and the comeback will be stronger. Yeah. I saw some of the messages from her teammates and I think that that's probably the, the sign of sign of the player that she is in terms of what they're saying about missing her and having capped in the side. I think, you know, she has got such a presence. Um, literally she's massive um, and <laughs> loves it. Smashes people. Yeah, um, so but they've been on good form. Yeah, don't. don't. <laughs> people fascinating. Um, anyway, 
we've talked a lot on our first pod, but we've had a lot to talk about. It's been pent up six months worth. Um, This is a special Six Nations, by the way, because this is our first Six Nations series. Yeah. We'll probably carry on afterwards, though. (laughs) Yeah, we probably will. We probably will. We'll get back into the swing of things and then you won't be able to get rid of us again. So on that note, tryhards, we will see you in a week. Ciao for now. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.